another kind of bigger picture of that it has changed the heart of our church family. You know, in the last two, two and a half years, uh, we've put now 12 going on 13 millennial and Gen Z uh, full-time missionaries on the mission field. And a lot of that is the outflow of that constant heartbeat in new life for our missionaries. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches and pastors and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Farrell Galloway. Farrell is the missions pastor at New Life Church in Jacksonville, Florida. New Life has been a part of many amazing things in missions, and Farrell would be the first to tell you that the reason is because they take prayer for missions seriously. Over the course of these episodes on this podcast, many missions pastors have emphasized the need for the missions ministry of churches to focus on prayer. So I asked Farrell why this is so important in missions. Um, yeah, I think prayer absolutely connects the kingdom of God together. Uh, it gives an opportunity for people who aren't necessarily out on the field in the moment to be uniting with those that are. I think over the last couple of years, we've seen um, as people have you know, been in that place of even more uh, separation and disconnection, that there still needs to be connection. And that happens through prayer. Uh, and the awesome thing is, no matter how much you put into it, be it little or be it a great amount, you'll see the impact of it uh, in the long term. You know, I, I think of a situation I went through years ago. Uh, I spent two and a half years on the mission field working in Amsterdam in the red light district uh, ministering there. But before I went, I uh, was awakened one night, literally just shocked out of my sleep. And I had this burden to pray over uh, the team that had gone ahead to start the mm -hmm. ministry. And uh, I mean, to be honest, between you and I, man, I, I felt like my prayer was super weak. Like, you know, it was the middle of the night, but I, I just was jolted out of my sleep. So I was like, oh, Lord, watch over them. Take care of them. If there's anything they need, provide it. Give them uh, an amazing impact while they're there. And I went back to sleep. And I got up the next morning and uh, was getting ready to, to go to work. And I sat down and checked my email. And there's an email from the director and he said, hey, crazy thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of our team members was crossing the street, was struck by a vehicle. Literally, oh my. the vehicle hit him so hard and knocked him out of his tennis shoes. And he landed in the street and stood up mm -hmm. and didn't have a scratch or a bruise anywhere on his body. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Wow. And I almost missed what the Lord was doing, David. Like I, I started to like go on mm -hmm. and the Lord was like, check the timestamp. And I looked and the mm -hmm. time that he had talked about him being hit. If you change time zones to where I was at, mm -hmm. it was literally that same time in the middle of the night that the Lord had awakened me out of my sleep in prayer. And I was just like, wow. Oh my gosh. And, and, and then I thought to myself, Oh, I'm sure the Lord had some little grandma somewhere 
like in deep intercession, like making up for what I wasn't doing. But, but in that moment, it like created this connection with me. And it's one that our church really believes in. And, and you know, every Sunday uh, we feature our missionaries as part of our Sunday offering. And we tell our congregation what that missionary is doing right now. And we give a challenge. Hey, will you be praying for them this week? And um, and it's we've noticed over the years that it's really helped connect our missionaries and our church family in an even deeper way. Uh, to the point that when they hear testimony about things that have been going on, it just brings this level of celebration because so many people have already been united with that missionary in what they're believing for that now when they see the fruit of it, it's like, oh, we also were a part of that because of our prayers. That's awesome. You know, you you, you mentioned a couple of ways that, um, that or one specific way that you have engaged the church in regular consistent prayer and that's with the fact that you guys emphasize missions in every single sunday service and that you take time to pray for missionaries and that but what are some other specific ways that new life emphasizes prayer for your mission partners yeah so uh anytime we do a prayer service like an all-night prayer service or uh, a special midweek or at the beginning of the year we do a 21 day corporate fast with our church family you know, as a part of all of those different events, we feature our missionaries. Um, you know, if we're doing a, an all night thing, we'll have slides up on our screen and those slides will feature everything from all of the major levels of our government officials here in the U.S. to all of like the local schools in our area. Um, and then, you know, eventually as we're rolling through those slides, we feature all of our missionaries. And um, it's not just mm-hmm. one slide that has every missionary featured at one time, but it's individual pictures, names, and where that missionary is at. And that slide will be up for 30, 45 seconds on our screen. Mm. And it rotates through all of those missionaries, all of those ministries. And it gives people that time, that opportunity there uh, to be praying over them and to be believing with them. Um, and then we have you know, a, a handout with all of our missionaries in it uh, that people from the church can take home and put in their fridge, you know, put in their Bible so that when they're in their quiet time, when they're in their prayer time, you know, they can open that up and begin to look through and pick out those missionaries and pray over them as well. But we really try to incorporate, you know, our love for missions and and prayer. And and honestly, even as well, another thing that we'll do when we have our our all night prayer sets, the most recent one was a few months ago, we had some missionaries that were on furlough. Uh, they were home in the States and we gave them an mm. hour to be the prayer leader over a segment of that all night prayer oh, set. Cool. And they had an opportunity then to just kind of bring whatever was on their heart up and whoever was there with them, you know, united and joined with them uh, in seeking the Lord about that. But, you know, we really try to incorporate it to feature it in different ways at different times throughout the year. Uh, and then also on each Sunday service. That's awesome. So Al, how have you seen this emphasis on prayer impact, you know, not just your missions partners, obviously your missions partners, but um, as you've been interceding for them and standing with them in prayer, but also how's, how has that prayer emphasis changed um, your church locally and your view on missions and the individuals within the church and the way they view it? Yeah. I, I think again, like it's that, it's that kingdom connection. I think as our body of believers are, are hearing about and praying over these missionaries, it it 
creates that deeper relationship between them. It gives them more of an opportunity uh, to believe that they're a part of the bigger picture of the kingdom through prayer. I mean, you see it in the word, you know, when it talks about, you know, uh, they would be in prayer and then, you know, the Lord would answer. Or I mean, so many times the apostle Paul literally said, your prayers helped me in this. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. asked you for prayer and, and you prayed. And so I, I believe with our congregation as well, they see that. They see that as they're praying over these different missionaries, the Lord's moving and responding um, and answering and connecting. But I also believe, David, that another kind of bigger picture of that, it has changed the heart of our church family. You know, in the last mm. two, two and a half years, uh, we've put now 12 going on 13 millennial and Gen Z uh, full-time missionaries on the mission field. And a oh, lot cool. of that is the outflow of that constant heartbeat in new life for our missionaries. Like y- you can't turn around. Like we have these giant walls in our uh, hallways leading into our sanctuary that's just covered with photos. And a lot of them are photos of our missionaries, like, you know, in a tent in Angola, uh, doing a water baptism in, in Honduras. Like, like it's just everywhere you go around new life, you see our love, our connection, our heart for missions. And, and it's turned something in the heart of this coming generation. And now they're going to the ends of the earth. Like, it's amazing. Um, I, I literally am constantly now <laughs> meeting with young people about their desire <laughs> to go on the mission field. And I think it's because, you know, since our church started in 1984, we've just made that relationship between missions, Sunday services, prayer, and community such an integral and, and interconnected thing that it's like a spider web. Like you touch it in one spot, the whole thing's impacted. How has um, you said that this is, you know, missions has been integral and a part of the DNA of New Life since its inception, since the church's inception. And in, in uh, you said 1984, I think is what you said. Um, yeah. What? Wh- why has missions be- been such a a central part of everything that happens at New Life Church? What was the what was the reason that that or the choice that 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 led to that? Yeah, so our our founder Paul Zink Senior, um, you know, he was really like doing a lot of tremendous, and and still is doing a lot of tremendous stuff in uh, Russia and the Slavic nations right after the fall of the Iron Curtain. And as he started mm-hmm. going in there and taking teams uh, from our church, it just sparked something in his heart. And then he had. Uh, this amazing and in, in kind of encountering uh, heart impactful moment with the Lord about taking up an offering, not just yearly, but literally every week for missions. And so he came back uh, and began to instill that in our church family. And so every Sunday we have our house offering, ties, you know, giving, and we have a missions offering and everything that's giving into missions goes to missions. And the amazing thing is, you know, since 1984, our church has given out, I want to say now it's just under $13 million uh, in missions wow. giving. And and that's just what's come into what we call the blue envelope. We, uh, we, we literally have two different color mm. envelopes. Blue is for missions. White uh, is for what's done here in our church. 
But then on top of that, we also every year do what we call a sacrificial offering. And that sacrificial offering is completely given into some area of impact in the kingdom of God. Uh, Two years ago, we did it for this church that we have amazing relationship with in Honduras. And we blessed them with tens of thousands of dollars uh, for their new sanctuary that they were building. Last year, we did it for a church uh, in another part of Florida uh, that we had relationship with. You know, we just really, as a leadership team, you know, our our head pastor, Paul II, uh, seeks the Lord and, and we present the sacrificial offering as well to our congregation. So there's giving every week. There's a sacrificial offering, right? We talk about a missionary at every service. We do a mission Sunday every year where it's like all about missions. And and honestly, it's become such a thing. Now this year we're doing two mission Sundays where it's all about missions. <laughs> we did one in the spring. We're doing one in the fall. And and kind of the outflow, the continual connection of that, you know, plus leading teams. We take youth and young adults on short-term missions trips every year, no matter what. And and, and I know a lot of churches going through COVID. They were doing that and they stopped, you know, and they may not have restarted yet, but we never stopped. Our head pastor literally sat down and said, find me a country we can fly to. And so during huh. the you know COVID with everything that was going on, I found a country in Africa, you know, that didn't have uh, blockers or restrictions. All we had to do was test and, and we tested and took 17 people uh, into the African bush and we stayed in tents and we ministered you know, walking miles and miles a day, spreading the gospel in these villages. And our kids came back and they were wrecked, man, because they had been so pent up here in the U.S., you know, not being able to meet with their friends, not going to school. Mm-hmm. And then we take them to the mission field and we turn them loose, you know, in these villages. And they saw <laughs> blind eyes opened. They saw deaf ears opened. Wow. They saw whole families getting saved, people burning their witchcraft charms. And it just put a fire in these kids' hearts. And, and we've been doing that kind of thing for years. And the outflow of it now is we have this coming generation with, you know, millennial and Gen Z, and we literally can't stop them from going to the mission field. I mean, they're going now with us. They're going with other groups. You know, I think this year we will be in five, six countries in short-term trips, plus then people that we've launched out full-time. And it's just, it's, it's that DNA of the kingdom that's become such a, a deep and and connected part of our of our church family that we we just love it, man. We like and and the thing is, we we might love it. I'm 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 just gonna be honest with you, David. We might love it like a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Like like some people look at it and they go, "Oh my gosh, that's that's extreme." You know, my wife and I we've adopted uh, both of our daughters, and we adopted them both locally uh, here in in Jacksonville. Um, but we had our youngest daughter, uh, David, for three days when my wife left uh, and, and went to Calcutta and spent a week ministering in in brothels in Calcutta. And before she left, we literally had to sit down with a lawyer and sign paperwork that I would continue forward with our adoption, even if my wife didn't come back home. And wow. I'll tell you, people called us and were like, this is crazy. You shouldn't do this. You know, she needs to stay there with you and the babies and all this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, David, God had miraculously provided for my wife to go on that trip. Uh, people had literally called her and, and given us money and said, this is for whatever God's called you to this year overseas. 
you know, we had someone pay the, the full plane ticket cost for her to go. And we looked at each other and said, listen, God knew we were going to adopt our daughter. And so God provided all the money for my wife to go. So we couldn't not go. You know what I mean? We were like, no, we can't not use God's money for what he gave it to us for, you know? And, um, right. I, and we just look at those situations and, and we think this is the kingdom. You know, like sometimes the kingdom requires sacrifice from us. And largely that falls a lot of times in the area of missions. And we want to be a church family that's obedient to step out when that call is presented and say, here we are, send us. Isn't that simply what following Jesus is? is really all about. When God calls us to do something, we ignore the reasons why it might not make sense, and we obey. We'll continue our conversation with Farrell after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. Earlier in our conversation, Farrell mentioned that as New Life has stayed committed to praying for missions and giving to missions, several people within the church have risen up to answer the call to become missionaries. I asked Farrell to share a few stories about that. Yeah, totally. Um, So... Uh, 13 years ago, we had a short-term trip uh, that our church did in the jungles of Brazil. Uh, Our kids literally stayed on houseboats on the Amazon River and went up and down the Amazon and would get off and go into uh, different tribal villages and minister the gospel. Um, You know, on that trip, one of our young ladies Uh, who was a part of that, just got such a fire in her heart uh, for missions and for the kingdom uh, that she came back and worked and and met with people and raised the funds necessary and has joined the missions organization that we went with. And now uh, she's grown over the last 12 years in that organization. And now she's the one that does the financial training for all of their incoming missionaries. And so literally like from a short-term trip with us to now helping train dozens and dozens and dozens 
of up and coming missionaries, I've watched, you know, as, as she's grown and, and like loved just the Lord from the passion of going on a short term trip to now giving her life, you know, and her family giving their life to missions. Um, we have another young lady uh, who is in Angola right now. And she's in a, a such an unreached region, such an unreached people group. They don't even have a written language in the region that she's wow. reaching. And, you know, years ago she went on short-term trips with us and and just got this fire in her heart and said, I want to go, but I just don't I, I don't I don't want to go anywhere that, that a lot of people are going. I want to go to the unreached. And she started meeting with different people and found out about this region of Angola. And we just had some of our staff members, our children's pastor, actually just uh, her and her husband flew and spent uh, 10 days there with this missionary. And just to get there to where this young lady is, it's, you know, three, four different plane flights, you know, hours and hours in a vehicle once you land, you know, there's, there's not typical <laughs> cell service, the house they were staying in, they could literally lay in the bed that they were in and see the stars <laughs> in the sky at night, <laughs> you know, and, and they get there and they're traveling with this young lady, Rachel, uh, who's our, you know, out of our church family, who's there full time. And they're going into these villages and, and they're spreading the gospel. And David, it all has to be done verbally. There isn't a written language, so you can't just give them a Bible. You can't give them a pamphlet about the Roman road that they can go home and read. Everything is a literally word-of-mouth gospel presentation. Hmm. And so it takes hours to sit down with these tribal people and share you know, what God's hmm. doing, who God is, and give them the story. Because you can't just introduce Jesus because you got, you know, they don't understand that. So you got to go all the way back. Right. And begin with creation and take them through the full gospel presentation. But the amazing thing is this young lady is seeing such fruit in the region she is. She literally has a two-year plan right now to like have grown and raised up pastors and leaders that will continue. And she's going even deeper into Angola. Like she has a two-year goal to go even further, you know, from the capital cities, even further in to reach other groups that haven't heard. And she all, it all started on short term missions, you know, years ago. <laughs> and now she's out doing it full time. That's awesome. So if you were to, you know, sit down with um, maybe the missions pastor of a church that's, uh, that's trying to figure out how do we, how do we breathe new life into our missions program? And they, they mm -hmm. sense that a big part of that. Um, needs to be a, intentionally, you know, spending time have, uh, encouraging people in the church and the church as a, as a corporately to pray for its missions partners. What piece of advice would you tell them? Oh, yeah. I would tell them people love connecting with a vision. Like there's just something in the heart of all of us as believers. Like we see the great goal of the kingdom, right? Every language, tribe, and tongue. And so if you're wanting to inject, uh, you know, kind of a stirring in the congregation, reach out to missionaries that are doing like really beautiful and impactful things right now and get testimonies from them and then bring those testimonies back and share them with your church family as points of prayer, right? Share them as fuel 
for prayer. You know, this missionary is going into this region over the next two weeks. You know, they're going to be sharing or spreading the gospel uh, in this way. Will you take time to unite with them in prayer? Or, you know, this missionary is believing for this provision. Uh, You know, like we have a a missionary we work with in Guatemala uh, that digs wells. And he connects those wells to churches in the villages where the wells are dug so that when the people come to the well, they're connecting with the church. It's right there, you know? And so like, like providing something for your congregation to, to lay hold of in prayer that brings them up into that deeper connection in the kingdom and the impact of what their prayers are going to be doing. You know, as this missionary is digging this well, this week, will you be praying that uh, when they stop every every afternoon from the drill and start sharing the gospel in the community, that, that people are brought in and the church grows so that when others come to draw water from this well, there's people there to reach them, you know, and, and just finding those avenues to connect missions and whether it's a, a, a prayer service, you know, like a Sunday night uh, or whether it's, you know, an all night thing or or whether you're sending points home, you know, with your congregation, finding those visionary connectors and and mm-hmm. instilling those kind of uh, stirring that spark in your congregation, you'll find that your people will really lay hold of that because there's something in all of us. We all, we've all been impacted by prayer. Every one of us in some way have been impacted mm-hmm. by prayer. And so we understand the fruit of it. You know, we know that the Lord uses prayer in ways we'll never understand this side of glory. But for each and every one of us, we can be a part in that. And so for those that want to kind of instill some of those things, I would say get get current info from your missionaries, get points, things that they can be praying for, and then put that in your congregation's hands, you know, put that in your prayer leader's hands, put that, bring that before your head pastor. You know, I, I'm regularly going to our head pastor uh, and sharing different things that he then incorporates uh, as a part of his messages or he's reaching out and connecting with our missionaries so that he can also include things and share things uh, with our congregation that are just continued points for people to be praying over and, and giving that fuel to keep the kingdom connected. Farrell shared about New Life Church and its commitment to missions is both inspirational and challenging. Here are some important points to remember as you seek to strengthen your church's missions efforts. First, prayer isn't about reciting a list of needs for a few minutes and then hoping God does something about it. Prayer is about truly understanding who our missionaries are the challenges they face, and then uniting in prayer for those missionaries. And then when God answered those prayers, the church needs to learn about those answers so that they can celebrate together. Second, praying together for our missionaries connects the church together locally and globally. And as that happens, it creates a sending culture within the church. As our members see God moving in missions, they catch a passion for missions themselves, which leads to some responding to God's call to the nations. And finally, people in our churches love connecting with the vision. There's something within us that wants 
wants to be a part of the gospel going around the world. Keep those stories constantly in front of your church and then use those as fuel for prayer. I want to thank Farrell for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about New Life, go to nlcf.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.